to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you could please turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1, we'll be picking up in verse 3. So 1 Peter 1 verse 3, the title of our message is just simply hope, hope. When I was in my late teens, my early 20s, I had something that I really hoped for. There was something that I really wanted. There was something that I thought would come to pass. There was something that I thought that would be mine. And I had great hope. And the thing that I was hoping for as a teenager and a young, you know, in my young early 20s was a bright red Lamborghini, a brand new bright red Lamborghini. And I really hoped for it. But it it didn't come to pass. My first car was a 1973 white Monte Carlo with rust all over it. So, (laughs) but we have hopes that we have. You know, then I actually, you know, became a Christian. I was older and I just matured and I thought, you know, even when I was in the corporate world and I could afford that, I would rather have a house and do things practically. And so, but there's things I'm sure every one of us here, there's things that we've hoped for. We, We hoped it would come to pass, but yet, what we were hoping for never did come to pass. And we can have hope for things, but they don't necessarily come to pass. And the Bible says hope deferred makes a heart sick. When we're hoping for things and it doesn't happen, we can be sickened by that. We can be hurt by that. And there's things that we hope for. But the hope that we're going to look at here this morning is called a living hope. And what a living hope is, it's something that's alive. It's something that's real. It's something that's substantial. It's, it's something that's from God, and God will bring it to pass. It's not like we hope that it'll come to pass. It's actually something that we can be assured of. The definition of the hope that we're going to look at is confidence in, excuse me, confident, a, excuse me, one more time. <laughs> Let me try this again. Is a confident expectation of good. It's something that we can be confident in because when God says it, that settles it. God brings things to pass and we can hope with a living hope. We can trust that God's going to bring it to pass. Amen? Amen. So that's the hope we're going to look at and it's a living hope. So I'd ask if you can please stand with me again and I'm just going to read these few verses. Verses uh, 3 through 5. 1 Peter. Verses 3 through 5. And the Apostle Peter writes, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Lord, we pray over these three verses again. We just pray for your understanding, your application. Lord, we pray that you'd show us again what these verses mean personally to us here today. So we ask that you would give us understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated again. Thank you. So as we looked at last week, the Apostle Paul 
excuse me, the Apostle Peter's writing, not Paul, we've been looking at Paul for so long, I'm just in a habit. But Peter, the Apostle Peter's writing uh, this letter. He's writing this to uh, Jewish believers, Jewish believers that had to flee their homeland. They had to flee Israel because of heavy persecution. And as we looked at uh, how Caesar was killing Christians and how the, you know, it was, the persecution was heavy. So they, they left, they fled, they left families, they left properties, they left you know, homes and all. And here they're fleeing. And in this letter that the apostle Peter's writing, he's encouraging them. He's writing this letter to give them hope to give them hope in the midst of difficulties. I wish I could stand up here and say, you know, once you become a Christian, you will have no more problems. But that's just not true. Sometimes when you become a Christian, that's when big problems take place and because there's a battle that takes place. There's spiritual battles. But in the spiritual realm, we can rest assured greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We, we're more than conquerors. But we, in this world, we're gonna have trials. We're gonna go through sufferings. There's gonna be you know, sicknesses. There's gonna be you know, people, loved ones that will get hurt or sometimes you'll, you'll get a report of cancer or diabetes or all these things. We, we live in a very fallen world. This, this place is not our home. And I, I believe it's, it's damaging if we put our hopes in this world. If we put our hopes in you know, everything that's here, like we, we think that everything should just be great and go smooth, and, and our hopes, our hope is not in this world. Our hope is in heaven because this is the fallen world. Heaven is the place that we look forward to. And so Peter, in our text here, he's writing to those that are going through some very difficult times, and he's not telling them, oh, you can, you know, don't worry, you're gonna build better homes, you're gonna have better lands, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna do better here on this earth. He's not instructing them in that way. He's giving their focus, he's putting their focus ahead, and he's putting their focus on heaven. And he writes again, and I'll put it back up on the screen, blessed be the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope, blessed. And I want to stop with that word blessed because it was interesting when I was studying this text and I realized this word blessed, it's not the typical word we see like there at the Sermon on the Mount, blessed, happy, oh, how happy is the man. This is not the same word. This is a very interesting word. It's a word where we get our word eulogy from. When you go to a memorial service or a funeral service and the eulogy goes forth for the person and it, it is actually like a praise for that person. It, it utilizes, it, it, it shows the, the life of that person and it kind of focuses typically on the good of that person. So this word here is, is more, you can better translate, I believe, to praise be to God. It actually be, if you look in the original text, it's not there. So it's praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praise him. And I believe that's a key when it comes to difficult times to start off just praising God no matter where you're at. Have you ever done that before? Because we had Sherry Youngward up here. She's just praising the Lord. And I don't know about you, but I always get ministered to when I listen to her song because it, it helps me just to praise my God. Our worship team, and I just love our worship team. Let's give a hand to the Lord for the worship team because we're just... But what, the reason why I'm, we're giving a hand to the Lord because they're very good at bring us, bringing us to that place, even as Sherry brought up, to that, pa- that place of praise where we're singing to our Lord. 
It's not like we're a performer when it comes to God. It's like, God, check out this performance for you. Da, 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 da. No, that's wrong. That's, it's, it's not a performance. It's a praise. We, we're praising him and you know, adoring the fact that who he is and how great he is. And I believe in our text, what Peter the apostle is doing is telling him, get your eyes off your circumstances. I know it's terrible. I, I know you're, you're leaving family, some of you. You're leaving home, some of you. You're leaving property, some of you. But Praise him, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Keep your eyes, your mind, your focus on the one that loves you. I love praising God. The Bible talks about how God inhabits the praises of his people. In other words, he's enthroned in it. He, he's like when praise is going on, he's like, it just, he's right there. It's like he makes himself at home. He sits there and he just, he, he, he desires that we just praise him. I've told people before that are going through difficult times, I'd say, well, do you, do you praise the Lord? Do you worship the Lord? And sometimes I'll even prescribe to them. I'll say, you know what? Get a good CD, a good worship CD. Put that CD on. Just start worshiping the Lord. And when I do that, I don't know if you do that. When I just worship the Lord, I'm just praising him. For, for All my problems seem just to go away. Seriously. I mean, I don't mean they just go away like they're never, like, like no, the, 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 you know, the substance of the things are still there. But I think what happens is my focus is not so much on those things that are going on in my life. I, my focus is on him and those things like fade away because now that's not that important. I've even done this before. Have you done this before? I've had something go on. It's just difficult and, or, or whatever it is, it just, it's disturbing me. And I just start worshiping and praising God. And then while I'm doing that, like, what was I even worried about? I don't even remember. I was like, oh yeah, that thing. Why did I think that was such a big thing? Yeah, that's something that needs to be dealt with and you know, dealt with and we'll deal with that. But but I'm just gonna praise you, God. No matter what the outcome is, I know that you know you are working all things together for good. For those that love God, for those that are called according to your purpose, God. You're working it out. I love this verse in Isaiah 61:3. Isaiah, the prophet, says to console those who mourn in Zion. That word console, to comfort those that are mourning in Zion. They're in Jerusalem. To give them beauty for ashes. Don't you like the sound of that? Beauty for ashes? Ashes, there's nothing. It's like I give God nothing. It's like, God, here, this is a mess. I made a mess of all of this. Here, it's nothing. And God says, okay, I'm going to give you beauty for that. I'm going to fix that for you. Beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. I just see God's Holy Spirit when he pours out on us, the oil of joy when we're mourning. And there it is, the garment of, for the spirit of heaviness. heaviness. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. When heaviness wants to come upon you, just praise him. And it's like a garment. It just takes the heaviness away that you may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. He gives us stability that he may be glorified so the apostle Peter starts by saying blessed and I'll go back to that blessed or blessed or praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to his abundant mercy do you know God is abundantly merciful who has begotten us again. We're born of his spirit. He's given us of his Holy Spirit. We, he's regenerated, rejuvenated. We're, we're quickened spiritually, spiritually. We're alive spiritually. And what are we alive to? A living hope, it says, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We have this living hope. We don't have a dead hope. My hope of that sports car, that was a dead hope. That wasn't real. It was dead. It was selfish. It was, you know, 
earthly. We have a living hope. It's alive. It's not an empty hope. It's, it's as we talked about, it, it's certain. It's concrete. We can trust God because of the resurrection. We, we have a living hope. We have certainty for our future. Interesting, if you're a note taker, that word living, it speaks of vital power. There's vital power in this hope that we have. It, it's powerful. It's alive. Again, Peter's talking to those that have lost much, and he's saying, basically, he's saying, you know, the difficulty we have on this earth, don't focus on it. Focus on the Lord because you have a bright future. And that goes the same for us. We we have a bright future. It's a living hope. We're, we have an inheritance as we're going to look at. But the rough, excuse me, the, the ride here can be rough sometimes, right? Making our way to heaven. It could be rough. And we could go through rough times. But I think he's telling them, you're going through a rough ride right now, but don't worry, the landing's going to be smooth. You're going to have a great, when you, when you end up in heaven, and it's important for us to realize that. We, we're going to have some bumpy roads. We're going to go through some difficult times. That's going to happen, but... We can praise him. We have hope. And again, our hope's not here. It's not on this earth. I heard someone once say, I thought it was kind of cute, that if you went to the airport, let's say, and you wanted to fly to Hawaii, and you go to the counter to get a ticket, and you, you were asking about the flight, and the, you know, the, the flight person there, the attendant's, tells you, well, you know, let me tell you, this flight to Hawaii, um, you're going to experience some turbulence. It's going to be a rough ride, but the pilot, I know the pilot personally, you're going to make it safe. These, the landing's going to be wonderful. You're going to just, it's going to be great, but the, expect turbulence, right? So you go, okay, let me check. Let me check the other counter. Let's go to the other airline. You go to the other airline, and you say, hey, I'd like to go to Hawaii. And they said, well, Hawaii, let me see. Okay, well, we got to let you know something. You will not have any turbulence. You're going to have a smooth ride. It'll be great sailing. Don't have to worry about any bumps the whole way. But, you know, I have to tell you, the landing gear, we haven't serviced it in a while. <laughs> the brakes haven't been working too good. Fuel, we're not too sure about even. Not even sure if we got enough fuel in that tank. So, I mean, what do you, you're going to go back to the first counter, right? I mean, we want, you know, it's like it's, we would rather have a bumpy ride as long as we have a, a smooth landing, right? Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. You might have heard this before. Actually, Pastor Chuck used to use this. I used to love when he told this story. He told a story. It's actually, it's a true story about uh, Norwegian, excuse me, Norwegian rats. And they did an experiment, and they put these rats in this, these big vats, these big tubs, remember the story? And then they would actually shoot water down on top of them so they wouldn't be able to float. And so they would test that and they would figure out how long the rats would survive. And so they would do that terrible thing, but they would only survive like 17 minutes. They would die in 17 minutes, right? So they did that over and over, and so they were able to test in time, and so they knew an average of 17 minutes, you know, all these rats, they only lasted so long. But then what they did in their experiment and I know people are looking at me, you cruel thing. I didn't do the experiment, you know. So, <laughs> so what they did, they, on one of the experiments, what they did is they, 
They took the rats out after like 16, 16 and a half minutes before they went to drown and die. And they, they took them out. They dried them off real good. They put them back in their cages. They let them go ahead and recover and recoup and, and get back to good health and everything. And then after they were back in good health, they would take the exact same rats that experienced this terrible trauma. They would put them back in these vats again under the same circumstances. And then they wanted to see how long they would last. Guess how long they last? 37 hours wow. versus 17 minutes. And the reason why it's such a great story, because listen to this, the psychologist who conducted this experiment, this is what they said. It says that the reason why they survived so long, they said that the rats had an experience of salvation. These rats had a, a salvation experience, and because they realized that, you know, in their mind, they had that hope of salvation. They'd had that hope that they were going to be rescued so they could live so much longer. And I think about, wow, what about us? We have that hope. We know by faith we're going to be rescued. So when you look at, you know, even that, it's terrible. I mean, these were saved rats. I've never heard of such a thing, but they were. Sometimes I feel like a saved rat, you know. It's... We have an amazing living hope because of Jesus Christ who conquered the grave. We have hope that goes way beyond the grave. We have someone here that's with us. Uh, her husband passed away not too long ago, Bruce, and I had the blessing and the honor to do the memorial service and, and just the hope. The memorial service was a memorial service of hope. It wasn't, it was a celebration because Bruce accepted Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. And so when we have hope beyond the grave, we can celebrate even death itself. We celebrate. And we can realize the fact that we're so blessed with the living hope. I love what Paul the Apostle said in 1 Corinthians 5.1, talking about the gospel, talking about uh, the fact that the importance of Jesus Christ being raised from the dead. He said, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel the gospel, the good news, which I preached to you, which you also, excuse me, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved. So the gospel, we're saved by the gospel. And it goes on to say, verse three, for I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. This is the gospel. So if you are here today and you're wondering, what is the gospel? People say the gospel, good news, but what is it? Well, he spells it out here, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. My question to you, do you believe that? That Christ died for you according to the scriptures? And that he was buried, do you believe that? And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, do you believe that? Well, then we have hope that goes beyond the grave. You and I have a living hope, amen? Let's look at the next verse, verse four. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. This hope is not in earthly things as we were talking about. This hope is not in things that can perish. This hope that we have is not something that we can see with our eyes, but this hope is something that goes beyond this world. This hope 
is heaven and it's reserved for you. It's reserved for us. I love the word reserved. If you, the definition's interesting. It's uh, actually, it means to be unaltered, to be guarded, to watch over. No one can change this reservation. It's reserved. Do you, do you realize if you're a believer here today that there's a reservation for you in heaven? Wouldn't it be terrible? Have you ever made a reservation and then you go there and they're like, um, I'm sorry, I don't see your name on the... I've made restaurants before. I've called, made reservations, and I say, well, who did you talk to? It's like, I, I don't know who I talked to. And they're saying, sorry, we don't have a reservation for you. And it's just like, that will not happen. This is certain. It's guarded over. It won't be deleted. We, we have a reservation in heaven. It's reserved for you. When I was in the corporate world and part of my job with a water meter company and all was... I had to make the reservations when we did projects out of state. I had to call up and make hotel reservations. When we needed vehicles, I'd have to call and reserve cars or you know, vans for the workers and all. And so you know, I would set all that up and work that out. So each worker, before they would leave or go on the plane or drive to the, their destination, they'd get a packet. You know, they'd get their confirmation. So they would have everything ready. And so you'd go there and you'd just give your confirmation. And, you know, and I loved it. You'd give your confirmation and say, yes, Mr. Bedick, yeah, you're in room so-and-so. And then you'd go to the, the car lot and they would say, you know, this is your vehicle. You asked for a full size or you asked for this car. And so they'd have all that for you. I, and I thought through that and I thought, you know, I never just winged it. I never just said, well, guys, you know, we got a crew of, you know, 12 guys. We're going to this city to do this project. Um, I didn't make any reservations. Let's just see how it works out. <laughs> let's see. Let's find a local hotel, see if they've got some rooms. Maybe we'll find something. Let's, you know, vehicles. Yeah, you know what? There's a lot of, you know, rental places. We'll find a place. I'm sure there's an Avis down there or something like that. Or I never winged it. I it never, and I, and I believe, you know, the problem with so many people with heaven, they don't have a reservation. They just wing it. You know, you talk to people and you talk about spiritual things. You talk about heaven and talking about, you know, when you die, where are you going to go? And they're like, well, I hope I'm going to heaven. Well, do you have a reservation? No, I didn't think I needed a reservation. Well, because of what Jesus Christ did at the cross, he reserves a place for us. Because he lives, we can live also, and it's certain, it's guarded. We have a reservation in heaven. God has a reservation for you. Do you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins? Do you believe that he was buried? Do you believe that he rose again from the dead? Do you know that you're a sinner? Have you repented and turned from your sins? Have you received him as your personal Lord and Savior? And if you can say yes to all those things, then you have a reservation in heaven. You have a very bright future that can never, ever, ever be changed. Incorruptible, undefiled. Incorruptible means imperishable. It's, it won't perish. It won't go away. Your inheritance is going to last. It won't be destroyed. Undefiled means it won't be stained. It won't be polluted. It won't be flawed. The world we live in today, because of sin, it's very flawed. Hi there, K-Wave family. We here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor invite you to our Christmas theater production. Step back in time with us to London, 1843. Visit the timid Bob Cratchit in the offices of Scrooge and Marley as we once again enjoy the Charles Dickens classic, A Christmas Carol. 
This is a free event. Performance dates are December 6th, 7th and 8th, 13th, 14th and 15th. The two Friday performances begin at 7 p.m. The Saturday and Sunday matinees begin at 4 p.m. For more information, please go to our website, ccoth.com. Hope to see you there. And God bless us, everyone. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.